It was too long ago. All she could recall now was how she had longed for a normal mother like other girls had and took for granted. Now, when she was twenty-eight and it no longer mattered, it seemed she had one. She stopped herself staring. She asked after her father. He's fine. He sent his love. And you really like living in Spain? I don't say it hasn't its drawbacks, but Dad hasn't had a sign of his asthma in three years. Keeps me fit, too. Mopsa smiled cheerfully, as if her own illness had been no more than a kind of asthma. She talked like one of those neighbours in Edgware had talked. Like Mrs Fenton, Bennett thought, like a middle-aged housewife. I feel a fraud coming here for these tests, Mopsa said. There's nothing wrong with me any more, I said, but they said it wouldn't do any harm and why not have a holiday? Well, I'm on holiday all the time, really, aren't I? Are we going in the tube? It must be seven or eight years since I went in the tube. I, I brought the car, said Bennett. In her teens, she used sometimes to say over and over to herself, I must not hate my mother. The injunction had not always been obeyed. And then she would say, but she's ill, she can't help it. She's mad. She had understood and forgiven, but she had not wanted to be with her mother. When she went away to university, she had resolved that she would never go back and, except for short holidays, she never had. Her father had retired, and her father and mother had bought themselves a little house near Marbella. Mopsa's face and the backs of her hands were tanned by the sunshine of southern Spain. Bennett shifted James onto her other hip, and he snivelled and clung to her. "'He's got a nasty cold,' said Mopsa. "'I wonder if you ought to have brought him out with a cold like that. "'I'd no one to leave him with. You know I've just moved house.' There was a baby seat in the back of the car in which James usually sat contentedly. Bennett strapped him in and put Mopsa's cases in the boot. She would have been grateful if her mother had offered to sit in the back with James. But Mopsa was already in the passenger seat, her seat belt fastened, her hands in rather clumsy black leather gloves folded in her lap. It didn't seem to occur to her to even talk to James. He was miserable in the back, sneezing sometimes and grizzling quietly, Bennett talked to him as she drove, pointing out people and dogs and buildings, anything she thought might be interesting, but she soon became aware of Mopsa's resentment. Mopsa wanted to talk about her own troubles and her own hopes, about Spain and their house, and about what she was going to do while in London. Something struck Bennett that she had never thought of before, that one always assumes that when mental illness is cured or alleviated, one will be left with a nice person, an unselfish, thoughtful, pleasant, sensible person. But of course this wasn't so. Why should it be? Underneath the psychosis there might just as well be normal nastiness as normal niceness. Not that Mopsa was nasty, far from it. Perhaps what she meant was that Mopsa was, had been, used to be, mad. But when the madness lifted, it revealed a solipsist of a very high order, someone who believed the world to revolve around herself. The house in Hampstead in the Vale of Peace still seemed an alien place to return to. It was only three days since Bennett moved in. Bennett slid the car into the narrow lane between high banks which led into this hamlet on the edge of the heath. For half her life since the day she had come with friends to the fair that is always held on public holidays just off the Spaniards' road, she had dreamed of living there. Then, when it need not be fantasy any longer, when it was possible, she had planned for it.
But Mopsa seemed never to have heard of this celebrated enclave, embowered by chestnuts and sycamores and Monterey pines, where blue plaques honoured poets dead and gone, a painter, an impresario or two. That Shelley had sailed paper boats on the pond and Coleridge had begun, while sitting on a log on the green, another magical epic never to be completed, were items of literary lore that had never reached her. Getting out of the car, she eyed Bennett's tall and narrow Victorian villa with something like disappointment. What had she expected? An art deco palace in the Bishop's Avenue? Well, I don't suppose you wanted anything too ambitious, just you and the baby on your own. James wasn't really a baby any more, Bennett thought, unlocking the front door. He was a year and nine months old, saying a good many words, understanding more. He clambered up the flight of steps, happier now he was home, probably remembering the treasure the